preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Next week, though, I'm going to talk, I'm going to begin to talk about marriage. So you want to be here next week. Some of you are probably saying, talk about that this week. <laughs> Make it to next week. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the past couple of years in the United States of America has been very strange. I likened it to a story that I've told you before. This man who went horseback riding, for the first time he was excited because, and I got to confess, I never been, I never rode a horse. I don't know, being from New York, if you're supposed to. But um, I would like to one day. And I, I pretty much think I'd be just like this man. This man watched every Western movie there was growing up. So, you know, he knew all the sounds. Giddy up. All that. Amen. That might be another movie. Amen. <laughs> he knew all the sounds. So, you know, he's going horseback riding. He said, when I get on that horse... I'm going to do everything I've seen in the movie to the horse. So he jumps on the horse. The instructor's there, all the other people. The instructor is getting ready. And he's, come on, go. Whoa, hi, giddy up, stop. And he's doing all types of sounds. And the horse is just not, so he's like, come on, what's wrong? So tell the instructor, you gave me a bad horse. The instructor told him, he said, the problem is that you're telling him, go, stop, turn right, turn left. You're telling him every signal there is to tell a horse all at the same time. So the horse is confused because he doesn't know what you're trying to do. And I feel like living in America, I feel like the horse. I feel like there's so many things being sent my way, so much information, so much misinformation, so much disinformation, so much trust the science, so much that you can be confused. This week, Americans all over will go, go out and you're going to get bombarded even more. How many of you have been bombarded enough? And you're going to get bombarded even more from now to Tuesday with all sorts of information, disinformation, and all sorts of stuff telling you how you should vote. Somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ain't got no information. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. So what I want to do today, because I think as the church of Jesus Christ, what we don't want to do is be ignorant and talk about what's happening in the world. So today, the title of my message is God over government. Now, don't get worried. You're not going to get no conspiracy theories from me today. You're only going to get the one that I probably believe. Now, I'm joking. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Kanye and Kyrie today. Don't worry. (laughs) 
It ain't like any of them winning the championship anytime soon anyway. It don't matter. I'm joking. I'm joking. We're not going to talk about, I'm not going to attempt to tell you who to vote for. That is the beauty of America. That you have the right to choose what you think. Amen. Fits you. Amen. And I'm not going to tell anybody that. Any of that stuff. What I want to do is just bring a biblical perspective of how a believer should navigate through this political turmoil that just doesn't seem to have an end in sight. That constantly is the problem in the church. Yeah. That constantly have believers killing each other on Insta, Twitter, Face, Gram. Talk. <laughs> My mother's in the back like, what's Insta, Face, Don't even worry. You ain't on none of them. Stay off. Right? But it doesn't seem to have any end in sight. And so I just want to talk today. And we're going to go through some scriptures today. Is that all right? Yeah. It's going to bless you. Here's my first point Don't let the emotional and misleading process of our political system steal your joy. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say it again. Don't let the emotional. And notice this is on purpose and misleading process. That's on purpose of our political system. Steal your joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord. Not, not the government is my strength. Come on somebody. Not, not my favorite candidate is my strength. Not Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And it's, see, some of y'all are so rooted in, in your political that you like, yes, they are. No, they're not your strength. The joy that the Lord gives is my strength. And if you're not careful, the enemy would try to steal your joy. As a matter of fact, that's what he always wants to do. He wants to take your joy away from you. How many of you know you got to protect your mind? Because when your mind is gone, you're by. Hallelujah. I'm no good if my mind ain't good. Come on, somebody. I can't help if my mind ain't good. So the first thing you got to do is protect your mind. And the joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is your strength. Joy does several things. Number one, joy uh, 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 gives you the ability to receive from God. When you go before God, you can't go before God angry and bitter and mad and tormented and act like he ain't God. A true person who knows their God is never really truly worried when you put it in his hands. Because when you put it in his hands, you know that he is more than able. We just sang it. He won't fail. Joy also causes you to relieve stress. Come on, somebody. Some of us spend so much time watching the news and watching TV that we are emotionally drained. That's why I wrote that. It's an emotional thing. 
They're always fighting over your mindset, fighting over, you, you, you know, uh, uh, your, 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 your thoughts, fighting for you to think a certain way. But it's a misleading process because ultimately what they're all trying to tell you is that by getting into this process, ultimately all your problems will be solved. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been alive for a couple of years now. Ain't a politician has ever been able to solve mankind's problems. And I don't think it will ever happen. As a matter of fact, the answer to mankind's problems have already been given and his name is Jesus so don't let this process steal your joy and I'm going to go further and say this don't be so loud about politics and not about Jesus if you're going to spend six days talking about Kyrie and Kanye and this one and that one and this one and you ain't got nothing to say about Jesus then don't say nothing because we have solutions I like people who have solutions not problems I used to have a friend, every time he called me, he'd tell me what people said about me. Not good things. He said, I was here, and you can't believe they was talking about you. This is what they said. And I'd be, I'd be mad. I'd be, oh. <laughs> he said about me, watch. I'd be mad. I'd be mad. And one day I went to Sherry. Sherry said, the problem is, is that you keep listening to everything negative. Why don't you ask that guy, what does he say when they talk about you? And also ask him, why the only time you ever call me is to tell me, Something bad. Listen, there's, there's always going to be negative stuff. Hallelujah. You, you don't have to focus on negative stuff. You can focus on... Let me tell you something. No matter, no matter how chaotic this world looks, you get to the end of the book, we win. God keeps us... Come on, Christians. You don't have to run around and act like we don't have hope. We have hope. Our God would never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us. And so this process is misleading because it, it makes you think that these people have the answers. Here's my second point. Your identity must be rooted in Christ and not a political party. At times, it, 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 this happens to me. Sometimes I'm like, man, I like this guy. He's a good guy. Maybe, maybe, maybe he deserves my vote. And then a week later... That same guy does something that make you say, I'm glad I didn't tweet about him. <laughs> Come on, somebody. My identity must be rooted in Christ. Look at what uh, the, the book of Acts 5.29 says. Peter and other apostles reply, we must obey God rather than human beings. The word of God is above everything else. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Come on, somebody. The word of God trumps everything else. The word of God trumps everything else. The word of God trumps everything else. It is above everything else. Amen. And the Bible says that th th these men said we must obey God first rather than ourselves. So when I say your identity must be rooted in Christ, make sure that whatever you do, whatever you do, because uh, 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 whatever, whatever you go out and choose and, and vote and do whatever you do, always remember that you are a representative of Christ first. And that your identity is not a, a Democrat. Your identity is not a Republican. Your identity is a kingdom citizen. 
Look at what the Bible says in Philippians chapter uh, 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven. This world is not our home. Y'all know that, right? This world is a weekend stay. Here's the problem. Sometimes, dude, you know, with, with the type of ministry I have, sometimes people have taken me to some beautiful hotels. I was just one in the Cayman Islands. They almost didn't come back. So good. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. You know, we, we, we went into this. They were giving free pina coladas. I wasn't drinking, y'all. Hallelujah. It was the one without alcohol. And yeah, there you go. And they had a, oh, and I'm there by the pool, and I'm enjoying them. I'm like, man, you know what I never do when I go to a hotel? I never say, you know what? I'm so in love with this place. Let's run down to the supermarket and buy all the stuff that we need to stay in this place. And let's get new furniture and all this. And I don't do all that because you know why? I know it's not meant for me to live there and stay there. Eventually, I got to leave it all behind. What's true for the hotel is true for planet Earth. You weren't meant to stay here. This is not your home. You belong to another kingdom. And your citizenship is in that kingdom. Amen. Look at what it says. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. Will transform our lowly bodies. So that they will be like his glorious body. So with all that being said. You might be saying. Okay. So why even sweat politics? Why should I even vote? Sat with a, a person the other day and he said, I don't vote. I don't vote, man. And I, I'm not mad at his perspective. He said, because, you know, I leave everything in God's hands. I said to him, I said, well, where I live, I trust God 100%. But I do believe, and I want to take you to this because here's my third point. The nation's welfare affects your personal welfare. The place where you live's welfare affects yours. I'm going to give you an example. I went to the precinct the other day and said, I'm doing an event in the front of my church. Can you supply us with some police officers? The lady said, we are very short-staffed. We're going to try our best. While telling me that, she then stops and says, oh, snap. I said, what's going on? She said, three people was just shot. This is last Sunday on Sutphin and Archer. I said, Sutphin and what? <laughs> In case you don't know, that's two, three blocks from this church. I said, what do you mean, ma'am? She said, somebody just opened fire. My wife is telling me about a case, a lady who just, well, not, she wasn't telling me, we were talking about it on the way to church. A lady who was abused by a man calls the police. He was locked up. She gets on social media to tell what her husband did. He comes out and goes straight to her house and shoots her and kills her. We you see all the footage from everything that is happening in the world. Why am I saying this? I'm saying that the state's welfare begins to affect your personal welfare. Hallelujah. 
forget the other stuff that we can talk about. The prosperity of a place, the morality of a place has effects on you. Like never before as a pastor, people are calling me saying, Pastor, I need help with raising my children. Why? What's going on? When they leave this house, they're not getting math and science. They're getting so many other things that is totally anti what we believe. And if I speak against it, then I become the bad guy in my own house for what I believe. And so the welfare of society is now affecting people's personal welfare because now you should be sitting at home trying to study long division with your children. Instead, now you have having arguments with your own children over morality and them jokers don't pay rent. In my house, I was whatever my father said I was. If my, y'all in a, I come from old school. I wanted to cut my hair a certain way. My father, you didn't cut your hair. No, you cut your hair how I tell you to cut your hair. I came from that. And it didn't kill me. And I always tell parents this. Noah's kids weren't popular, but Noah's kids did not drown. Come on, somebody. The welfare of society affects your personal welfare. Like never before, we are struggling to make ends meet. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in the house. Here's a scripture that uh, 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 in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 7. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying all that to tell you if that's bothering you that I'm just stating that stuff. I'm not saying that. I promise you I'm not going to tell you who you should vote for. I promise you that's on you. I'm telling you just to make the point that what happens in society does have a direct relation on you. So if you're sitting there wondering... Does the Christian belong in, in government? Does the Christian have a, a role to play? The answer is, if you don't have nothing to say about society and it affects you, then you might want to reconsider, what's my role in all of this? Do I have a voice? Do I have a say? Because when you got saved, you didn't automatically not count. You, you still have to go about living life. When I got saved, all my bills weren't paid. I would love to go to the grocery store. I would love to go to, to BJ's and rack up. Come on, what y'all want? What y'all want? What y'all want in the, in the car? Come on. Seltzer water. Seltzer, seltzer water? That's what we going to go to BJ's for? What else? What y'all want in the car? Come on. Come on. Little bites. What else? Some cereal. What kind of cereal, man? Come on, man. Come on. Y'all going to get it. What, what, what else you want? Crab now I got some. You save. You save, save. Crab legs. The big box in the back. You know what I'm talking about. We go to the same spot in BJ's. What else y'all want? What else y'all want? Some salmon. Some steaks. What else? Some steaks, my man. What else? What else? Doritos. Teenagers, boy, we want Doritos. What else? Croissant. The box of croissant. Come on, we racking up. We all right. It's time to pay, y'all. 
you gotta stay away. <laughs> we we getting ready to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm get, I got y'all. It's going to work because we saved. Once we save, the welfare of society don't affect us. They racking up. These bills are incredibly, the bill is about two grand for all we just bought. I got y'all though. I got y'all. The cashier is ready. You ready, cashier? Jesus paid it all. Now let's go to jail. What happens in society does affect the believer. Now what happens is when your dollar is not making ends meet and you come home and you can't pay the bills and your wife is angry and you're angry and you're frustrated now the marriage is a little bit tighter. Because if it's one thing I know that can affect a marriage is money. Oh, how many marriages fight over money, money, money. The hardest part for people to get married in is the money part. I know what I'm talking about. People get married on, on the love end. They get married on the intimate end. How much money you make? These are your bills. It's not our bills. How much you make, you work. And when finances is tight in the house, that marriage becomes extra tight. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. It affects your children. When, when, when government decides what morality is, it has an effect on your children. Some of the books they're giving these kids, you'd be shocked. They didn't teach us that. And then your children come home and you spend more time trying to teach them morality than math. Hallelujah. Watch this. You don't believe me? Look at what the Lord says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 7, verse 4 to 7. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel. Now the children of Israel were in exile at this time, living in a strange land. This is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He said, marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. In other words, build a family. Have a life. You're in a strange place. Make no sense being depressed. Make the best of it. Have a great life. But look at this part. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. 
Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will. The welfare of the city will affect your personal welfare. So some of us, we don't think about these things. We, 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 why do you think they fight so hard? The problem with our country is that y'all ever played the game telephone? I remember telephone. If I whisper something in your ear and I tell you whisper to the next. By the time it get to the, the, the back. And many of us, we get third, fourth, fifth, sixth hand information. Information that is changed, tainted, twisted in so many ways because people are constantly trying to shape information because they're trying to shape your perspective. And that's the problem with our country. That's the problem with our media. That's, that's what happens all the time, right? Now listen to this, and I'm going to take you all on a journey here. I believe you'll like this. God's authority is established by truth. The Word of God says it is God who establishes governments, period. And he does that because the way God rules, God is a God of order. God is a God of order. Now listen to this, y'all. The very, and I'm going to walk you all through something and you'll, you'll be able to understand this. What I mean by God's authority is established by truth. His authority that he sets, sets up can only remain authority if truth is a, is a thing. Y'all with me, right? Y'all with me? I told you I'm going to teach. Authority can only be set up if there's truth. This is important if you have a house because here's the first thing that I want you to know. The very first nation was a family. It's hot in here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to try. Amen. Hallelujah. The very first nation was a family. The very first marriage was arranged too, by the way. God made a man and a woman and he put them together. And, and he made a whole man. Come on, somebody. Not a half man. Not a man who says... I, I, I'm, I, I, I just, I, he was a man who was whole. He didn't make a half woman. He made a whole woman. And when he made the woman, he never asked Adam for his advice. Amen, somebody. When he made the woman, as a matter of fact, if he had asked Adam for advice, he'd have probably messed up the woman. Because men always think they know what they want. Until they get what they think they know what they want. Then they say, can y'all take it back? Unfortunately, when you get married, you can't take it back to Walmart. <laughs> Marriage is the only course that you get the degree first and take the class after. Because in every, other, in every other course, you have to prove that you are worthy of it. Then they pass you. God says, if you're going to jump into this, don't come out. There's no dropping out. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and so the very first nation was a family. God made a man, a woman, brought them together, and he gave them 
rules. It was a theocratic government where God's rules sustained the family. He said, here, and these were good rules, y'all. These were great rules. Eat from every tree. Have dominion. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Live it up. We will live in the ultimate rap dream. Come on, somebody. He said, everything you want, you can have. But isn't it just like man? To never look at what they have. We are always looking at what we don't have. And sometimes we don't even know what we don't have. Somebody comes along and tells us, you ain't complete. And the enemy would love nothing more than to make every person in this room always believe that your life is empty in Christ. That you're missing out. That, that, that there's more you ought to do. Look at these people. Look at how they live and look at what the world is doing. Let me tell you something. You are not missing out on anything if you know Jesus. That was the trick. So God's authority is established as long as there is truth. Here's the problem. When you go against truth, the day you eat of it, you shall surely the day you eat of it, you shall surely, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. When you go against truth, you collapse that nation, that authority, that governing thing that God put on the earth to govern. Man, I'm telling you, I'm trying to help somebody. This might, okay, I got you. You're going to have cars and I see tomorrow you're going to be great. That's the message I want to hear. Y'all still with me, right? So what did Adam and Eve do? They went against truth and the earth has been flung into chaos ever since. The very next chapter. People always think, oh, you don't understand what's happening in this generation. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Everything we're dealing with today have been dealt with. God ain't surprised by the issues we face today. God is actually looking for faith. He's not looking for issues. He's looking for believers. He's not looking for issues. He's looking for the saints of God to rise up and be the church. And so, so, so the very next chapter you had murder. You had crime. You had all the things we've been dealing with and you could trace through the Bible. The very first nation was a family. Then when you, 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 you move down, look at this. Uh, uh. This is how we, we, in the Old Testament, God began to govern theocratically. A theocratic government just simply means God rules through his prophets, through his judges. Do y'all follow that? So, so, so when God, when we say God ruled theocratically, we just don't mean there's just no communication through men or men established. God was ruling through men, communicating to them what he desired, and through them, they would then disperse and had the people lead. So Moses was doing this all by himself one day. And Moses was, the Bible says, sitting and taking on everybody's issue all day. His father-in-law came and said, Moses, you're going to lose your mind. He said, if you sit there and listen to everybody's problem, it ain't but so long before you lose your mind. Because one man can't deal with everybody's problem. Contrary to what church people think the pastor should do, one man cannot deal with everybody's problem. 
because he got a lot on his own. I ain't getting no applause. So what the father-in-law said to Moses, the father said, hey, Mo, Mo, come, come here, Mo. He said, Mo, let me holler at you, man. And so he said, listen, why don't you break the people up into smaller group and put wise, qualified people. Wise and qualified people who can handle the issues that the people are facing. And Moses did that. And that's how God dealt with people. Moses passed off. Joshua took over. Joshua called all the elders and the judges and the rulers of Israel together. And he asked them a question before he did anything else. He said, choose you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the men responded, we will serve and obey God. And that's how God dealt with people. But you know what Israel did? Israel always thought, just like the first family, the first nation, what we have isn't good enough. I want to help you. I feel like staying right. If you married, stop looking at what you have is not good enough. The enemy always wants to make you think, uh, uh, look elsewhere but 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 if you stay where you are and and ask God for grace and strength to work where you are it might change Amen. Amen. come on somebody uh, uh, stop looking at what you have in your hand to succeed is not enough Amen. listen let me tell you something when it came to music I never waited on anybody to bless me I was 18 years old I went to Wingate High School and I said I want to book this building and do a concert they said who are you bringing in I said me They wouldn't allow me to rap in the church I'm pastoring today because they were too saved. You know, some people too saved, but their attitude bad. If you don't know, it's probably you. Come on, somebody. And I went there and I, I took my dad's speakers at the time. He had two, two. Old speakers in there. I went because a, uh, a guy was supposed to help me with sound system. He bailed on me last night. I blew out my dad's system. He had church the next day. These are not good things to do in your life. But my dad saw me that night and he was convinced. He said, I don't care what the church people say. I see the ministry that God's got for you. And I did not wait. I didn't look at what I didn't have. And from since then to now, the Lord has blessed me tremendously. Why? Not because I used what I didn't have. I looked at what I had and I told the devil, you ain't big enough to... What, what I, my five loaves and two fish is enough to feed a multitude. What do you have that God wants to use in your life? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What skills do you have? Get better at it. Get better at what you do. Stop listening to people. Stop thinking about what you're missing out on. Focus on, I'm telling you, successful people are consumed with what they have. Not what nobody else got. Hallelujah. But the children of Israel, instead of looking at God leading them, they looked at every other nation and said, we want a king. So they went from theocracy to monarchy. And God said, that king that you got is going to be the reason why y'all suffer. 
And he told them straight up, I'm going to give you what you want. Let me tell you something about government. Every government we get is a reflection of our choice. So when you sit back and you say, look how everything is crazy. When the church of Jesus Christ say, look how immoral the world is. Those same issues, if we bring them up and have real conversations, you would be surprised how many people read from the, the, the other. How many books in the Bible, y'all? No. Some people got a 67th and 68th. It's called the book of first and second opinions. You'd be surprised. You could show a believer, this is what the Bible say. And they would walk out of here and say, yeah, but you know. Which means that you have now said truth is not a thing. And when you go against truth, there's no authority. And where there's no authority, there's no governance. And where there's no governance, there's chaos. Y'all with me? And so they wanted a king. God gave them a king. First king was Saul. It didn't take too long for him to, to be about money. And he wanted a form of godliness. He's supposed to sacrifice. He's supposed to kill the animals. Instead, he said, I did it. You know, I'm hooking up God's people with it. I kept it to sacrifice to the Lord later. And the, the prophet said to him, obedience is better than sacrifice. What you did here is disgraceful. And, 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 and then he had the nerve to say this. I know I've sinned, but come stand next to me. That sounds like modern day po politicians always want a pastor to stand next to them. Because a pastor stood next to you don't even mean God is with you. Some of you could be pastors in the office. Don't mean God. You know, I, I done lost y'all. Y'all come back next week. We're going to talk about marriage. Y'all going to like me next week. Y'all with me so far? I promise you I'm not telling you how to vote. Look at this. Look at this. He goes on. They, they, they went from monarchy to now being captured in exile. And they were now under Babylonian rule. So the children of Israel got an interesting history. A very interesting history. So now they're in Babylonian control. King Nebuchadnezzar rules over them. God humbles him. Because, because it don't matter how you rule and who you rule. If God's people are under that land, God going to protect his people. That's the hope I'm trying to get you to get. It don't matter who go into office as long as the salt of the earth is here. Y'all are hearing what I'm saying. And, and, and God humbled this Nebuchadnezzar until he became like a beast and ate grass. I'm telling you, God is able to take any king or kingdom, president, anybody who thinks they're above him. Man made a golden statue so big and told everybody, when you hear the sound of the music, bow down and worship me. God said, no, 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 no. No, I'm going to embarrass you. From day one, we're going to have three boys who ain't never going to bow. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so he went from that to actually he reconciled with God. 
Nebuchadnezzar gave his heart back to the Lord. And then he had a son named Belshazzar. Belshazzar took all one day. He there partying. Because the kingdom is prospering. And there is nothing more of a threat to people than prosperity. Because when men get all the comforts they think they need in such society, men start to think we no longer need God. We did this. Let me tell you, don't you ever get to a place where you think you don't need God. And what he did was, he's in the temple one day, he's, he's having a party one day, and he says, you know what? I just don't want to drink. I want to drink out of the, the, the instruments of God. Go bring everything we took out of the temple and let's party with the things of God. Let's make a mock of the things of God. And while he's there partying, he don't know if he's drunk or not. He just see a hand appear. He said, what y'all put in this drink? What y'all... And the writing begun to write on the wall. And the only man who could help him out was a man who lived generations. A politician who stayed serving his father and served in the next generation. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. The Bible says that the hand wrote on the wall and it says many, many tekel parsin. That simply being interpreted says that God has numbered his days and his kingdom is coming to an end. Then God raised up King Cyrus who allowed the people to go back and build their temple. And the people of God were ruled by Romans. They were ruled by the Greek. They were ruled by so many people. So yes, this is not new to God's people to live under systems that are unlike God and here's what the Bible says here's this a politician's role in government should be this according to the Bible Romans 13 3 right this is what it says for rulers hold no terror for those who do right but for those who do wrong a politician should be in there to protect the people and maintain what is truth hallelujah and he's not a terror to those that are doing right. If you live in a society where doing right is now threatened. Hallelujah. And he says a politician uh, uh, for rulers they hold no terror to those who do wrong. But to, uh, do you want to be free of fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right. We have a responsibility. Amen. Saddens my heart. Y'all going to have to let me get a little bit of grace. I woke up this week and I called my son. I said, you see this? He said, what you talking about, dad? I said, you see this? And we going to sweep it up. The week ain't even over and we've forgotten about it. Another rapper shot and killed.
at this time, it, it affected a lot of us because their music transcended and probably made it into what music is today. And we act like this stuff don't happen and we perpetuate this stuff. Why, why are you saying that? I'm saying because there's a responsibility on us on how we live. And as I was in the mall yesterday and I heard the DJ on the radio in the mall says, take off. R.I.P. We'll never forget you. And plays his song. I said, my God. I wonder if we don't see this, 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 this is a problem. And every other community. You, when was the last time? I answered to God and not you, sir. <laughs> Stop messing with me. <laughs> look, 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 look. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servant, agent of wrath to bring punishment on wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to authority. So two things there I want you to get that a politician's role is for the people. And so we've went from theocracy to democracy. Democracy is so contrary to theocracy. I'm not here to advocate to go back to a theocracy, but but listen to the concept. God rules in a theocracy, in a democracy man rules and so whenever we elect people it's a reflection of what we think is important to us do you follow that and so 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 the people that we put into office remember your society affects you so the people that you put into office have a direct bearing on the life you will live so do your homework when it comes, if you're going to take part in politics on what you're doing. And know this, that if whoever you are thinking of selecting goes against truth, there's go the problem though, and I sympathize with everybody in this room, because there's not one politician... You look over here, he say something. You're like, I'm cool with that. Then he say something bug. You're like, mm -hmm. you go over here, he like, I like, but okay. Politics in America is bundled. It's a weird thing. What I like over here, there's some other stuff over here. And you're going to have to make the best choice you possibly can. God's people should seek to influence government because here's what you didn't know that I, that I should have told you. That God's people, Joseph, influenced Egypt. Now, a lot of people use Joseph to say, I'm going to go out and just work a secular job and while out. And then they say, of course I could do whatever out here. Joseph did it. No, Joseph held to God while in the secular. Joseph was the sacred in the secular. Not. And he influenced Egypt. He became a blessing to Egypt. Daniel influenced Babylon. 
to the point where it was time to throw him in the line. The, the king was like, ah, oh, they got me. You shouldn't have prayed. But I pray that your prayer is like real good. Y'all seeing this? Esther had an effect on government. Do y'all see this? So, so, so we got to stop complaining and start praying that God raise up righteous people in these places. We need righteous people in the police department. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We need righteous people in office. We need righteous teachers. We need righteous people in the hospital. We need righteous people working in the science community. We need righteous people in entertainment. We need the people of God infiltrating, not compromising people, but people who will bow to God first. Because the Bible says when the righteous are in, in charge, the people rejoice. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me? And so, so, so you see all these things. These people influence, right? And watch this. Uh, 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 we should try our best to have conversations with love with other people to show them what the word of God says. I want to tell believers something. Be careful that when you get into these conversations, you don't become angry for. You can never ever win people with anger. Be careful when you post on social media that it doesn't come across like you want to throw hands for Jesus. Like you saying the right thing, but it feel like if I don't, if I say something, you're going to punch me in the face for the Lord. And there are people that will, they want your influence. And they will play on what's dear to you. If you're not careful, they will play on what's dear to you. But steer you another way. I'm going to leave that alone. Here's what the believers ought to do. Let no one. This 1 Corinthians 10.24. I'm almost done y'all. Let no one seek his good. But the good of his neighbor. So when you go out. And you try to make decisions. And you talk. Think about other people. Think about how other people feel. Amen. Look at this. Proverbs 38, 1, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. There's a lot of people that die that didn't have a voice. Amen? Now, with all that said, let me be very clear here, y'all. Fixing government is not evangelism or discipleship. What do you mean by that? I just told you, get involved and do the best and vote for as much clear truth as you see in the Bible as you possibly can. 
But don't be misled that your vote is changing society in the hearts of men. There is no substitute for evangelism. And you might change a government, but the heart of man is not changed. And as long as man's heart is not changed, the problems will continue. In other words, Christians are more vocal about politics. And when it's time to evangelize, you can't find one of them. And I got no apologies to make there. They, the, when was the last time they ever met somebody and say, have you ever heard about Jesus? When was the last time they ever said, I'm going to use my platform to preach Jesus. Even if it costs me, I'm going to tell somebody about the Lord. And they never talk about Jesus unless they're trying to hurt somebody else. That's not evangelism. What is going to change society is the preaching of the gospel. When I look back in church history and I see times when society was chaotic, you know how you go search church history. You know how societies were changed? Because God raised up preachers, men and women of God, who would go preach the gospel, who would go open ear, no microphone. They would go wherever they were able to go. Some of them preached so much they would preach morning, noon, night ride to a next town preach, they would preach with no money in their pocket they would preach with no clothes not even knowing where the next offering a meal is coming from and they would preach and then when you started to look back at what was happening in society they would say we got a problem what's the problem? not many people are coming to the bars anymore this is being shut down that is being shut down why is it being shut down? did y'all pass a law? no law was passed but people are changing oh it's going to be quiet in here but I'm going to preach it until you get it you are not you might not have my platform you might not be a preacher as in the sense that I am but at work hallelujah at work are you more vocal about politics than about Jesus at your school do you talk about Jesus People mad at me when I made that shirt. I'm an evangelist, not an activist. Mad at me. Well, an evangelist is an activist. No, I don't try to change anything through politics. I try to change man from the inside out. Because I know this for sure. That there ain't a system we could put in place. That is ever, ever going to be a righteous one. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm saying this, as long as men are in there, it's going to get corrupted. Watch this, y'all, and I'm done. This is my last point. Go out, do your best in all that you... Go out, and I'm telling you this, y'all. Vote for whoever you want. But me, I'm going to look at the word of God. And I'm going to hold these people in light of what it says. I am going to know that what they do weigh heavily on me. I, am, I don't want to hear what the news got to say about them. I want to know policies. Because policies affect my life. And I'm going to hold that in light of the word of God. But after I'm done on Tuesday, I don't care. Here's why. Because I know, look at what the book of... 
Psalms chapter 22, verse 27 and 28 says, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all of the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. I'm here to tell you that it don't matter what tomorrow holds. If inflation goes nuts, I still believe that there's a God who said, I will never see the righteous forsaken nor... Ah, come on, somebody. I believe there's a God that says I'll never see the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I believe that God always has a Joseph storing up grain for his people. I believe there's a God who fights for his people regardless of if we fought our best fight and it seems like the world is winning. I believe there's a God who steps in. I believe there's a God that is bigger than the nation's. That he rules over the nations. And look at this. Look at this other scripture here. The Bible says in the book of Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. And in the days of, the king, of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Nor the kingdom. Oh God. There's coming a ruler. There's coming one. And here's the beauty you ain't going to be able to cast a ballot for him because you can't vote him in. And because you can't vote him in, you can't vote him out. And you won't even be able to argue over his policies because his words are true. His word is forever settled. When he speaks, hallelujah, the oh my gosh, who am I talking to in this house? There's coming a king. There's coming a king. There's coming a king. This is what the book of Daniel says about him. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be this, that shall never be this. Can I help you? You don't got to wait till the sweet by and by. The king has already came and he's already set up his kingdom. You know who the citizens are of that kingdom? You and I. We belong to another kingdom. So they could go ahead and fight over this. As for me and my, we will serve the Lord. We serve the God whose hands can stop time. We serve the God who can open doors. We serve the God who can part seas. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not getting into all of this nonsense they want to get into. I'm going to go out and do my best because I know it affects my children. I don't want to have some crazy conversations. So some of these jokers got to go. And I ain't trying to get shot. So some of these jokers got to... Hallelujah. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. You do what you want. But I'm telling you this. It don't matter to me. God. At the end of it. Is still in control. And he watches over you. And he watches over you. So don't you leave this place. I started off by telling you don't let this stuff steal your joy. You keep living. You keep asking God to raise you up in the chaos. You keep asking God to use your life. You keep asking God. God show me truth. And do yourself a favor and turn the news off.
Oh, I don't watch the news. Turn your favorite podcast off. When was the last time your favorite podcaster quoted the Bible? If you're depressed, watch what you're thinking. Listen, let me finish that scripture. The kingdom will never be destroyed. That's you and I, y'all. Nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end. It shall stand forever. I'm part of a government that will never end. Hallelujah, somebody. And I'm still taking orders from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm still taking orders from God. I will never tell you who to vote for. And I will never tell you not to vote as a believer. I will tell you that everything these people do affects your lives. But I will tell you this. Don't leave this place and let the enemy make you think that your life is over because of a political system. You got a lot of life and a lot of purpose in you. As a matter of fact, you were created for such a time. We are in the we are the, we are living in the era where persecution is coming. Remember when you were a kid and you read the Bible and said, "Man, I wish I was alive during Paul's time." Don't worry, you're going to get your chance. You're going to get your chance to be shipwrecked and abused and and told to shut up because of how you preach. Make no mistakes about it. There are political agendas that in a heartbeat would shut this church up. And some people will text me. Y'all don't know. I get people text me. People say, you better be careful how you're preaching. I can tell you you're going to get houses and cars and, and everything will be great and all of that. But I know when you go home. The conversations you got to have and the reality of what's happening in the world. I want you to know what the Bible says about it. But I will not leave you in this place leaving feeling heartbroken. I want you to leave knowing that your God is never going to fail. It's 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 never going to fail. He's still in charge and he still reigns and he rules. Hallelujah. Can we bow our head and close our eyes today as we look to God in prayer? Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're our God and we are under your kingdom.